What's going on, everybody? It is a snowy Tuesday afternoon, October 29th. We're four games into the Jazz season. I'm joined, or by, to the NBA season, and I'm joined by, as always, our good friend, Kurt Pruitt. Kurt, what's up, man? What up, Rada? What's good, dude? Dude, not much. I, uh, I'm at work right now. I found a little place to hunker down um, in the depths of the building that I work in, and so who knows? I might come in and get kicked out, or someone might come in and kick me out, or I don't know, but uh, it's a great way to spend a little bit of the day at work talking yes. to my homie. Yeah, way good day. Way better, way better than meetings, that's for sure. Um, and everybody, we gotta we gotta kind of apologize here. It's been a minute. The the jazz season started. We haven't even had a podcast out yet. But we tried um, and failed due to some circumstances. With we actually and we, we want we want to do this pod with um, our friends Tom and Carl who have been on before. But it didn't work out this time. Uh, we're going to have to regroup and redo that. So we apologize for some uh, a small hiatus as the season started. Yeah, it was uh, unfortunate. It was uh, one of those million dollar effort type things. We had uh, we had a fun one going, but uh, ultimately they'll be on. They'll be back. And uh, once we um, get some technological issues cleared up, we'll be we'll be in good shape with them. So shouts to Tom and Carl for spending some time with us, despite them. You know, not hearing our voice. Odds are there were some things said in that podcast that uh, could have us ostracized socially, yeah. and so it's probably for the best that uh, that maybe folks didn't hear it. But uh, we'll get them <laughs> on again. And but uh, yeah, in the meantime, you you hit you uh, you said it, man. We've uh, we're a few games into the Jazz season, feeling feeling okay about things. The Jazz are currently three and one. So we're going to talk about what's going on with the Jazz. Uh, we're going to talk about the glorious. The beautiful, the good, the bad, and the ugly, or some iteration of that. And then uh, we'll talk about kind of what's going on at the NBA. We'll look at some surprises, some disappointments, and then uh, probably a couple other things that we might have to throw a little dating story in here. It might be too soon, so I might not be able to uh, reveal the story yet. We might have to forego <laughs> that and uh, and talk about uh, the Joker movie and Star Wars. Um, is a, there are a couple things that, uh, that are on the horizon. So we will approach it that way. Cool. But Kurt, like I say, it's Tuesday. That means the Jazz played last night. We played the Suns and uh, escaped by the hair on our chinny chin chin with a win. We won by one. What? Uh, how are you feeling about things, dude? Uh, ugly win, ugly game. There's been a few ugly games now. Uh, obviously, the Lakers game was absolutely miserable because we didn't come out with a win, and it was worse than last night. But um, – I think it could be worse in terms of win loss. I think that uh, we before the season started, we both or all of us kind of were texting each other like, "Hey, let's let's tamper expectations for the first month or so." Um, we know it's going to take some time for this team to gel together. Um, not only just like uh, the core or Quinn working with a, a new core, but also these players like Mike and Boyan have played with other teams for a really long time, and uh, they have new faces themselves to to integrate with. Um, so it's kind of been frustrating in terms of efficiency. I think there's a few things we can go over here that have been really good. Um, some, as we say, glorious, some good, um, some bad, and some ugly, um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into the Mike Conley stuff here in a minute, but I want to start out on a positive note. So I'm going to go with something that I'm putting under my glorious tag, Berg, and that is the legend that is becoming Bogey. Uh, I I don't know the boogeyman, the bogeyman. What are we calling him? Uh, I think that's to be decided. Um, for the record, speaking of the bogeyman, I said that I wanted to dress up for Halloween as uh, with a Bogdanovich jersey, and uh, Carl really jacked up his ankle playing basketball. I think it looks like three swollen softballs, and I said that I'd I'd uh, put Carl's swollen ankle on a bogey's jersey, and I could be called the bogeyman. But uh, <laughs> that uh. I feel like that's pretty good because I think he's haunting a lot of teams' nightmares right now because he's been unreal. He's been great. And if he keeps what up what he's doing all season, I think my expectations for him will be highly exceeded. Uh, he does everything really well. Like, everything on the court he does really well. He's made some stupid passes, but, I mean, literally everyone on this team has made stupid passes, which we can get into, and in the absolutely ugly and horrifying with our turnovers. But... Um, here's some stats for you, Berg. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out some stats for you. He's 45% from three, 24 points per game and three games played. I know everyone calm down. Like I'm not trying to be this 
this is what it's going to be for the whole season, but it's been a great start. Uh, 644 EFG. This guy just puts the ball in the basket, and he does it efficiently. Um, he's basically won us two games so far, I feel like, at least. He definitely won the game for us last night, him and Rudy's free throws. He's a versatile player. Uh, he does everything great, like I said before. I think, I think I'm most excited about him and what he's been able to do in the short season. So I'm throwing Bogey in as one of my glorious picks. What do you think about our man Boyan Berg? Where are you putting him? Dude, for sure, Bogey is in, in my glorious take as well. I mean, this is the thing, dude. He's like, he's a Swiss army knife, as crazy as it sounds. He looks like the most plain Jane human being on the planet. I've uh, brought up a few times that he looks like a distressed ward clerk at 7 p.m. on a Sunday after counting tithing. He wants to uh, get home with his family. He kind of has that look on him constantly. But the dude's a cold-blooded killer. I mean, whether it's spotting up for three, I mean, he's getting wide open shots as, you know, Donovan or whoever's penetrating throughout the offense. He can create his own shot, you know, off the dribble. He can run the pick and roll. I mean, the dude's a walking bucket. And it sounds, yes, we're four games in, but, uh, you know, he's he's fitting nicely. It looks like he's more comfortable the preseason. Um, you know, we weren't running our stuff, and it was a little more kind of herky-jerky with different lineups and stuff. So tough to have some consistency there. But uh, Bogdanovich is definitely in uh, in the glorious category, on, in, in my opinion, as well. It's, so sh- shout out to – Shout out Boyan. Um, it's funny you bring him up, how he looks, because I feel like if I started like a classic RPG video game and I'm creating my character, the like the initial default look is just his face. <laughs> like if I'm playing Skyrim, like that's the automatic default look is – his boy on. I also want to shout out though, really too, real quick though, is his passion on the floor is awesome. Like he'll hit a three after like missing two shots and he's fist pumping. He's high stepping down the court. He brings in energy. I think he's going to be a crowd favorite at jazz games, uh, at the home games. He, the dude's just awesome. He's so fun to watch. He like randomly athletic too. Like just freaking chucked it last night. One handed cockback. Little tomahawk dunk. Shout out Jackson Stevenette. The the guy is awesome. I'm so excited about Bogey. Um, so yeah, he's our guy, dude. I love yeah. him. Shout out Bogey. And what's cool? What's cool is like the the word going in was like, yeah, he keeps to himself. Like he's a good teammate, but he's a little selfish. Um, and he just kind of he he doesn't you know hang out with the guys a lot. But it looks like he's fully embraced like the team aspect, and he's you can tell that that he gets along really well with Donovan. And he, there was an interview. I think it was. I think it was after the Kings game. I can't remember, but he was basically talking about how much he loves playing for Quinn, um, how much he loves uh, love you know that. the way the offense is run, and just talking about he's like it's it's so great. He's like I love the offense. He's like I get wide open shots. He's like it's awesome, <laughs> and so it, it sounds like he's fully embraced it. So um, definitely one of the the glorious things so far. What else you got in the glorious category? Yeah, um, shout out to our boy Donovan. I'm going to throw Donovan actually in the glorious. I don't say obviously. You know he's. He, I have it too, man. He's he's awesome. He made a leap this year, and I don't. It's really fun to watch Donovan improve as a player. Um, a lot has to do with the work, the the room that he's given, uh, and the spacing with the respect that has to be given to, like we said, Boyan. And even though Mike's not hitting shots, everyone has to respect his shot. Uh, Joe, uh, even Royce is the shooter now, so. There's a lot of room for Donovan to work with, and he's being almost surgical to defenses. But because of that space, he's able to react to defense defenses and read what they're throwing at him a lot more than forcing the issue like he was doing the first two years uh, without having to rely on his athleticism to just get a bucket. Um, he, he's, a, he's actually able to, you know, if someone comes on uh, one side, he's able to roll to the other. He's able to kind of search dribble around, uh, find his spot, and, and get a bucket. And I feel like efficiency's obviously been the one knock on Donovan that uh, the national media has been going after. Um, I think we're going to see that trend in the right direction this year. It already has. Uh, he's shooting over like or just around 50% from three, over 50% uh, in regular field goals. Uh, basically, he's kind of he's looking at a, a 50-40-90 season if he can get a few more free throws in the basket. But uh, he's been really fun to watch. He's stronger, a lot, a lot more upper body strength, but he didn't sacrifice any quickness for that, that which those – 06 Dwayne Wade comparisons kind of start making sense in that aspect. Um, I really think we're going to see our boy on All-Star Weekend, man. I think I, I, I just really think that 
He's he's made the leap from a star, and he's really starting to get into that superstar cusp, which is absolutely amazing for us. Dude, hundred percent. That's I mean, you said it exactly. He's got the game slowed down for him so much more. Um, he looks way more in control. You could especially tell, like in the OKC game where he buried them in the fourth quarter. Um, he was just picking his shots, picking his spots. You know, looked real calm and collected. You know, around the free throw line and around the junction and driving and and making the right decisions. And even though Conley couldn't hit anything, people were still guarding him, and uh, they wouldn't guard Rubio in that same situation. So, you know, despite Conley's issues, I mean, it's still been super beneficial. And you know, uh, Donnie's mentioned that just Mike has helped him slow the game down, which is kind of interesting. It's you know throughout preseason and throughout the you know the the off season. So um, it's awesome. It feels like. Yeah, Donnie, it just feels like he's leveled up, you know? It's like, uh, I don't know if you watched Power Rangers back in the day, but when there's, like, one of the one of the villains is uh, roaming around on Earth, and then, like, Rita, or whatever his name is, Zordon, throws the uh, throws the staff into the planet, and it, like, makes the makes the bad guy twice as big and twice as scary. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what's happened to Donnie. He's just leveling up, and, and uh, it's been awesome. And he's, I mean, obviously benefited from Boyan, too, you know? Uh, so, that's it's glorious. For sure. Um, the only other thing I have for glorious was the mountain courts, uh, oh, the throwback yes. on. Uh, so on Saturday night uh, at home, we played the Kings and the Jazz uh, took it back to like the ninety seven ninety eight color scheme. So they're wearing the purple mountain jerseys. Um, I, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to go to the game and it just looked unbelievable in person. It helped that we blew the Kings out and everybody looked good. Um, right. Basketball wise. But uh it just it brought back a sense of uh, you know just of ninety seven ninety eight. That was the last time that that we felt like we had a, a time to make a, an opportunity to make a run for the finals. And it's just uh, awfully convenient that here we are, almost you know basically twenty years later, just over twenty years later, and uh, you know back in the in the contention window, you know four games down the road, and it was uh, it was super fun. So shout out to the Mountain Jerseys. Shout out, shout out, and it looked great on TV too. It definitely brought you back to feeling like you're a kid again just watching sports for fun um i think i think it's a good thing i think it's just it's a beautiful court i mean nationally people are giving it love it's just when you think of you know the the jazz teams of greatness that's the court you think of so it's nice that oh we can kind of bridge that gap with those uniforms in that court so shout out to uh the jazz organization bringing that back and making it look amazing yeah, and I know last year we were way bummed. We're like, we if we're gonna have a throwback jersey, we want the mountain jerseys. Yeah. And we were all kind of bummed when they announced like the purple note. And ultimately, I think it worked out perfect because the purple note looked awesome last year. Um, but this year, again, I think it's even more relevant. So shout out to the Jazz for for pulling that off. So that's it for the glorious. There's probably other glorious things, but yes. I think that's probably. Do you do you have uh, one more for us? No, not at all. I was just gonna say cool. it would be glorious if they never brought back the powder blue jerseys. So let's keep those burnt and. <sighs> Away oh, forever. Okay, next yeah. next thing, Berg. Next, next we're going to move into the good territory, and this is I have two things for the good, and and there's probably lots of other things, but a couple things I wanted to highlight because lots of things have been good if we're a three and one, um, but it's our defense, dude, our freaking defense. Where I'll be honest, after the preseason, I was uh, borderline brain aneurysm territory when I thought about our defense because it was so bad in the preseason and losing Derek and. Ricky's a great defender and everybody's kind of all over the place and we're giving up a million points to basically every team we played and oh what do you know we're four games in and uh, we have the best defense in the league by a wide margin so shout out to our guys for honestly trying a little bit harder we've got a team full of vets and so yeah you know they're not going to go all out in preseason but uh, I'm very impressed by our defense and obviously Rudy's the anchor of that and uh, you know he's been unreal so uh, our defense has been has been awesome and and that's something that I'm very refreshed to see. Yeah, and I actually have this in my good as well. So I'll I'll just brush up and give my two cents on it. <laughs> um, we didn't share these with we, each other before by the way. So uh, are you living in my mind? Are you living I in the thoughts so, inside dude. my head, bro? Get out my brain. Um like you said, I think after the preseason we were like 31st because there was an international team like one of the China teams or I don't know Australia yeah, the, the or something. Long Dragons or something. Yeah, they had better a better preseason defense than we did, which was terrifying. Um, but again, like you said, uh, we were all scared in the preseason and then the first five minutes of the OKC game kind of like, you know, uh, made my nerves kind of just balance and I, I wasn't so scared about it anymore. Huge shout out to Rudy. Uh, we, we have the best defense in the league. Um, 
rating wise, but that starts in the paint. And uh, by another wide margin, we have the best paint defense. Teams just can't score on us down low. It's amazing. Uh, it helps our perimeter defenders so much. I think when you look at uh, Rudy's advanced defensive stats, it's almost like a no-brainer. Like the last two years, the guy's the best defender in the league. He changes the game. He is uh, extremely valuable to this team just for what he does on that side of the ball alone. Um, the only thing that I'm scared about and why this isn't in the glorious category yet is how sustainable it can be long-term for 82 games. I think uh, it's a long season, and Rudy, you know, in, in those those mid-season games when things kind of turn more into a bloodbath, uh, we had Derek to kind of fall back on when Rudy was either a little banged up or, you know, if he needed to have like fewer minutes in a game, we weren't taking a huge step down um, to Derek Favors to help out there. I love Ed Davis. He's a little, he's just a little bit different, a little skinnier, gets pushed around a little bit more. He hustles like crazy, which I can respect, but uh, that's that's this one thing, a little looming cloud is how sustainable can this uh, defensive performance be, but that is definitely a good thing to start at the season so far. Yeah, 100%. I hope... Uh... I mean, yeah, when I think about Rudy, like, we definitely got to keep him healthy. Um, you know, thankfully, obviously, he would be our biggest injury if, of, of any player on the team. Like, he's the one that's the most difficult to replace, even though still shout out to Ed, just like you mentioned. But, uh, you know, we'd have to shoot the lights out to uh, really make up for the, the loss of Rudy injury-wise, which thankfully we're probably capable of. But at the same time, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with that. So um, that's what I have. I have that down for good. I also have down for good. I have the Warriors sucking. That is also a good thing. <laughs> Um, I'm so sick of the Warriors. Um, although shout out to our guy, Alec Burks, who's on the Warriors, who's been out, hasn't played yet because of an ankle, but, uh, it's just kind of nice to see him losing games. Um, I, I was just sick of seeing him win really just straight up petty. So, um, shout out to the Warriors for sucking. That's a good thing. And I actually have this not in the good. I have this later on for, you know, just surprises in the league that we're going to talk about. Uh, fire take. I'm not sure if the Warriors even make the playoffs now that Clay's out for the season. Their defense is terrible. Like, it just comes down to how well, how well their shooters are going to do if they're going to win the game or not. It's going to be like 135 to 130 every game for that team. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really crazy, and I'm also very happy. Draymond Green just says they effing suck, and it's the truth, and I love to revel in it. Um, for my next good thing that started so far, it's another Jazz player. Shout-out to our boy Royce O'Neal. Um, thank you. He was borderline glorious for me. I think he's been so impressive, like, like so impressive. He's stronger, but somehow quicker this year. Uh, he's understanding. I don't know if this is Quinn. I don't know if this is him doing his homework, but he understands what players like what spots on the floor and he's beating them there. Um, his defense is straight up like elite so far. Um, pretty knocked down with the catch and shoot. So he's turning into our classic three and D player that, Every team that seems to make a run uh, has on their roster. I feel like offensively too, if he needs to make a move to the basket, I'm not just like on edge. He can he has a, f- a few like one steps and go uh, at least to where it's not completely a train wreck if he needs to make some something happen for himself. So shout out to Royce O'Neal. Hundred percent, dude. Royce is like he's staying in his own lane. Um, he's gotten better at shooting. He looks more confident. He's embraced the defensive role. And uh, and it's huge. I actually had under good. I had uh, I had uh, him at slash Moutier. Um, Moutier was kind of an afterthought when we signed him. At least in my opinion, you know, obviously everybody was losing their minds about Jeff Green and obviously trading for Mike Conley and getting Boyan. And then oh yeah, we just signed Emmanuel Moutier for a year, or whatever. But uh, honestly, he probably. Uh, major contributor for sure in winning the OKC game when Conley was going through his struggles. And so um, I did highlight, yeah, those two. So shout out to those guys for, for holding it down. So, yeah. Shout out them. Shout out them. Okay. Um, let's get into the bad, dude. Should we get into the bad? Let's do the bad. There's Some things have been bad. Um, the first thing that I have down for being bad would be the habit of the jazz media Finding a way to bring calling unnecessary, te- finding a way to call unnecessary attention to cool things that the Jazz do. Like they make a huge <laughs> deal about Rudy's salute. They make oh, a huge no. deal about that slow motion handshake that 
that uh, that Donnie and Joe or no that Donnie and Ricky had last year. And they make these big deals about, about like the, they want to make a big deal about player chemistry, which is dope. I love that the team is friends with each other. I love that they're you know they're like brothers on and off the court. But when the media makes a huge deal of it, it just makes it kind of corny, and then it makes it not cool. And then I think the players realize it, and then they stop doing it. So the thing this year is the bogey dance. Apparently, um, when Bogdanovich hit a shot against uh, against the Kings, he got a couple wide open buckets, and he did a little shimmy type deal as he ran down the court. And then, of course, Kristen Kenny calls him out for it at the uh, in the post game, and he's just like, "Yeah, it's just you know, I was in the moment. I'm doing my thing." And it's just weird that they have to bring attention to everything. And she's like, "Can we call it the bogey dance?" And it was super cringeworthy, so oh. awkward. And I'm just like, "How about we just let it be its thing and just appreciate it for what it is instead of making a big deal out of it?" Because now he probably won't do it again. And so I think it's just kind of a weird thing that the Utah media does. But uh, I have that under the bat. Yeah, dude, they struggle. Ugh. I mean, not like what's a the, the anti shout out? Do we have anything for that? Like, Rever- you I mean reverse shout out? Give yeah. a reverse shout out, dude. Reverse shout out to KK. She's had it rough, man. She she had that thing where she's looking Adam Silver in the face, and instead of saying big news, she said big nose. Oh. Uh, she, she's struggling, but it it just sucks because like we already have this stigma attached to just our city in general that we're a bunch of nerdy white people. And whenever something cool happens, we beat it into the ground because we're like, no, look how cool we really are. <laughs> we're actually really cultured and awesome. And look how fun our team is. And it makes us look so much more stupid, like in the national sure. light. So please, media of like local media of the Jazz, just stop it. We don't need this. It's it's silly. We don't need you guys like bringing attention to us. When just let us be cool. If we're going to be cool, don't like bring attention to it and make it just nerdy like everything else we do. Um. I am going to bring up the elephant in the room right now for my bad because um, we all know that Mike Conley's debut hasn't been great. And while I'm not sounding any alarms right now and I'm not uh, saying that it's a bad signing or anything like that, I totally believe that he's going to turn it around. He's too good of a player not to, but we also need to put some onus saying that you know he's had a bad, ru- he's had a rough start and it's put us in some tough situations and games where we should be not in those situations, but I don't want to hear anything like Ricky's better than Conley, which I've heard already grumblings of. That's stupid. You're stupid if you think that. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, there there needs to be at least an address of it. It's been bad so far. Um, I think a lot of this comes down to, like I said before, not necessarily just the team trying to find a, a gelling, but I mean, this guy played in Memphis his entire career. He's He was used to that atmosphere and those players, and he's trying to fit in as the new guy in town. And I think because Donovan and Rudy are already so um, rooted into the foundation of this team, he doesn't want to overstep any boundaries, and he's kind of playing out of his game, and he's playing in his head. Uh, I just think once things become more fluid and it's less thinking and more of just playing basketball, he'll get it together. But um, so far it's been bad, but I don't think it's going to stay bad. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think bad is is a little complimentary. I had it down as ugly. Um, (laughs) But this is the thing is my worry level literally is a zero out of ten. Yeah. Because, I mean – he, first of all, he's an awesome teammate, so people aren't going to start to hate him. They're not going to start giving him, stop giving him the ball. Um, he's a veteran in the league. He is getting used to a new scenario. Uh, you know, he's he's used to commanding the ball and kind of quarterbacking things. You know, ninety percent of the time, bringing the ball up the court and running an offense in Memphis. And now, I mean, literally, you have six other dudes that can bring the ball down. And so, you know, he's playing a little more off ball. He's still trying to find his way within the offense, just like you mentioned. I'm not stressed about it. People don't automatically go from having career high numbers to having career low numbers in one season and so um i'm I'm not stressed i mean he is shooting 15 percent from three he is shooting 24 percent um (laughs) from from two (laughs) not great a few turnovers looks lost but at the same time um yeah i mean it is 100 percent ugly in my opinion but zero percent stressful and it's interesting because I mean it's it's actually way cool if you think about it. Like last year, we wouldn't be able to withstand a start from this from our point guard, but we do have so much more balance now. Um, it's not a time like last year. We lost to the Suns the fourth game of the season. I think actually we lost by like nine. I remember and Marquise Chris went off for a bunch because Donnie had an off night because his foot was hurt and we couldn't win. 
And now, yeah. you know, you fast forward, we're 3-1. Um, we beat the Suns, in a, which is a way better Suns team. Um, and But, yeah, so not to not to move into ugly time yet, but uh, I did have, have this down as ugly. But uh, since you brought it up, I figured I'd, I'd bring it up. But shout out to Mike. I love him, and I'm not worried. And uh, we'll get it right. Hopefully he gets it right by tomorrow because we play the Clippers and we could use him. But. Ooh. Not great. Not uh-huh. great. Did you have another bad? Uh, I have our yellow uniforms as bad. Um, I'm ready to move on from the yellows. Um, I thought, I mean, yeah, they're bad. Let's just let's just look it in the face. They're not super Same creative. Yellow's yellow's kind of a crazy color. Um, you know, I, I know it's kind of ish has been in the color scheme, but it's like eh, still just let's let's get an upgrade there. Not happening this year, but maybe next. But uh, just wanted to put that in as bad to to bump that a little bit. So. Um, that's that's what I had there. So let's move into ugly territory. What do you got for us, Pruitt? I am going to put some serious uh, check your not necessarily check yourself, but something that needs to change immediately for me. I think and someone who deserves a bit more blame than Mike Conley so far and how ugly this game is. I'm I'm going to throw an ugly tag on Joe Ingles right now, and this is why I don't think this is a long term thing again. But why what I have an issue with Joe is. He does this thing where he disappears during games. He did it during the Lakers, and he did it last night, where it's not even like he's not even getting shots up. He just completely is erased from the game. And if he's going to be this like commander of the second union unit, which which probably is a reason why he's struggling, is because that's not a role he's used to. So I need to be a little bit more realistic and a little bit nicer to Joe here. But we need him to just just make plays whether whether it's for himself or other people we can't just have him disappearing um he's not shooting well at all it's like 33 percent from the field and 26 percent from three just really frustrating to me right now and I think a lot of that's because I hear a lot of people talking crap on Mike when I'm watching the game and I'm saying well Joe's just as much to blame and he's been here for whatever four or five years now um I just think I think we need to get that ugly into big sexy the goat Joe Joe Ingles like uh he usually is and I'm not I'm not concerned I don't have like any alarms going off on this either, but it's definitely not been pretty. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it is interesting. You know, he's not he's not a crazy athlete, so a lot of his his points come within the flow of the game. And and he was on the recipient of great ball movement overall by the team. And I found like we're doing our, our ball movement isn't quite as good as we still fill each other out. You know, he 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 did used to run the pick and roll a ton with favors, which is kind of his his go to, but also is like kind of a spot up. Um, you know, as the ball's been whipped around a little bit and he hasn't really gotten a whole lot of those looks either. And so hopefully as the ball movement improves and just kind of the overall flow offensively, just because he's not a super athlete, um, hopefully it comes along for him. I think it will, but, uh, but yeah, it definitely has not been pretty. So I think, uh, I'm with you there for sure. You have anything else in an ugly category? I do. And this is probably my biggest concern right now is just our team turnovers, man. Like they're so bad. And what's frustrating about this, and it get, I get heated about it, is just how lazy these passes are. It's just like, how many times are we turning the ball over above the free throw line? And how many fast breaks are we giving up? And and it falls on everyone's shoulder. I know I know Quinn is stressing this to the team, at least according to our boys, Tony Jones. Shout out, Tony. Um, but it's making the games just not that fun to watch because our assist-to-turnover ratio as a team's bad. Like you said, um, we're not really swinging the ball around and we're not putting people in, in the blender. Um, these stupid little these stupid little turnovers just make the game hard to watch. We can't expect to win a lot of games if we're giving other teams 20-plus extra possessions a game. Uh, I think it's the ugliest part of our game thus far, and it's what, it, it's what made the Lakers game miserable. It's what made last night miserable to watch and just not that fun. Um, I like winning, but I also like winning with good looking basketball. Uh, so hopefully we get that turned around. Yeah, it definitely, I, I agree a hundred percent. The turnover has been crazy and some of it's carelessness. Um, some of it is not necessarily knowing where to be. It looks like it, it's just not natural yet as far as like who to get the ball to and where people are supposed to be. So hopefully, hopefully that gets cleared up. Cause yeah, it's, it's not pretty and, it's interesting how we've had kind of slowish starts like this, you know, basically, well, for the last three or four years. And a part of it, I wonder, is just because Quinn's system is so complex. And so, like the transition turnovers, there's really no excuse for. But I guess when you get in your own head, um, you know, those those start to compound a little bit. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting 
I mean, when we find our stride and we start getting the ball whipping around again and Conley feels more comfortable and, and Bogdanovich is, is still stroking and everybody's kind of looking good, we're going to be so scary. It's going to be oh, awesome. Yeah. I can't. But in the meantime, I'm glad that we're at least walking away with wins, even yep. though, yeah, it's tough to watch. That's, that's a fact. So I'm with you there. Awesome. Um, so, is that it? Do you have anything else for Ugly? No, man. The glorious, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think we, we, I think we hit on a lot of things we want to talk about there. So, yeah. um, I mean, aside from you know when I look at my face in the mirror uh, on the ugly side of things, that's that's oh. really that's really it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, dude. Uh, so, what are we going to do now? Like, just like league surprises, a little league talk. Yeah, yeah. I figure let's let's zoom out a little bit. Uh, we've you know most teams have a few games under their belt at this point, and so. Um, Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention one other thing on the ugly side of things. I'm so sorry. Um, it's James Harden. And <laughs> James Harden is putting up, like, I think he put up 40 points yesterday um, on 3 of 14 shooting from 3 and 21 of 22 free throws. It is so ugly to watch. It's honestly just unbearable. I respect the fact that he gets those, I mean, that he scores the way he does. Actually, I, you know, I don't really respect it. Uh, I, I'm kind of undecided to be honest. It's just not fun to watch. That I do know, and so yeah, James Harden. Um, it's and it's funny just how like ESPN and of course they're gonna hype up the guy and but you, you dive in and you actually look, you watch the game first of all, or look at the box scores, and it's so ugly. I think it's the definition of ugly. But yeah, it's that's, not. That's what I had there. It's not fun basketball. I think Houston might be like one of the least watchable teams, and they're one of the best teams in the league. It's just frustrating because. Like, it's a, almost like a lack of respect for the way the game's supposed to be played. Like, when you watch him drive the lane and look for an arm to link to just to draw a foul, it's like that guy who's constantly looking for loopholes. Like, no one wants no one wants to be around that guy. And Harden's that guy in NBA fashion. So, it's very true. ugly. Uh, dude, I, there's not and much the I thing. hate more than Houston. This is the thing, that because Houston, like, they've got a bunch of shooters... And then obviously Harden does his thing. You know, Capel is a pretty good big. And then they've got Russ. And I feel like, I mean, if if Harden wasn't in the equation, you just replaced him with like a standard, a standard wing or a standard shooting guard. Um, I mean, the Rockets. Yeah, I still hate them because they're in the conference and they're not the Jazz. But I mean, they Westbrook gets downhill so well, and he's just a freight train of athleticism. That like when he's pa- when he passes the ball out, like to PJ Tucker or Eric Gordon, or, you know, you name it, you know, they all stroke, and it, that could be fun to watch, but, I mean, with Harden involved, it's it's a dumpster fire, so, anyway, yep. I think enough on that, so, you know, continuing on the, uh, the NBA-wide trend, just to kind of look at a couple other things, um, you know, surprises, we touched on the Suns, you know, being actually pretty good, surprisingly, they beat the Clippers a couple nights ago, they gave us a run for their money, um, I can't remember who else they beat. I think they beat the Kings. But uh, they're, they're looking pretty good. I don't know if we need to touch on that anymore. Um, Trey Young, I'll be honest. I thought the Trey Young show coming out of Oklahoma was kind of like a, eh, you know, it's just kind of a fluky thing. You know, like Kind of like Trey Burke was, honestly. Everybody was hyping Trey Burke like crazy. Maybe not to the extent of Trey Young, but still hyping him up. But uh, Trey Young's averaging like, I mean, I didn't expect him to come out and average basically 40 points the first four games of the season. Now, he does not pass at all. I don't know how long his team's going to stick up for that. But uh, at least the shots are going in, so it's hard to complain. So that was another thing I had as a surprise. Yeah. Um, I I think this, this season's shaping up to be such a fun season. Not only because, because the league's wide open right now uh, – with the Warriors not doing their thing anymore and it feels like just like this padlock's been unlocked and everyone's just going all in on this season. But because we're starting to see like the generation of new players show their faces, like you said about Trey Young, um, Donovan obviously, like who these superstars are going to be for the next 10 years. Um, I also want to give a shout out to this year's rookie class because it was all Zion, Zion, Zion heading in, but... um, RJ Barrett and John Morant are good. Like straight up, they're already pretty freaking good. I think John Morant has superstar potential written all over him. He plays both ways. He's a traditional point guard. He likes getting his team involved. So um, not really a surprise for me, but just something to bring up is a huge shout out to him. He's a fun player to watch. He's athletic. 
Um, he locked down Kyrie and made some big buckets. It seems like he's already um, making an impact for his team. So shout out to Ja, you're fun to watch. Um, RJ, you're in a you're in a position to fail. No offense, but um, even if you can make Knicks fans happy, that's that's pretty cool to watch. Just and like Kobe on the on the Bulls is putting up points. Like there's so there's so many fun rookies and young players in this league. Um, changing of the guard is LeBron's like Le- LeBron and Chris Paul are kind of the last two guys from that era of basketball. And I think I think it only goes up from here. I think I think we should all just be excited about where this league's trending towards. Minus the whole China thing that we don't need to get into because I don't want to talk Please about it. No. Yeah. No, you're you're totally right. Um, yeah, the rookie's been killer. That Tyler Hero on the Heat. Jimmy he Butler strokes, hasn't even played yet. He's dude. He's carrying people. He's carrying them. I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Rui Hashimura on the Wizards, which the Wizards are just honestly a joke. We were talking a couple days ago, and we were saying how I could name, like, we pay attention to the NBA like to a pretty large degree, and I could name John Wall, Bradley Bill, Isaiah Thomas, and then their rookie Rui. And I at one at that point I couldn't name anybody else. Now I've looked it up and I know a few other guys, but ultimately, um, sucks that, that he's in such a on such a bad team, but he's he's shown some flashes of being pretty good too. So shout out to the rookies. Shout out rookies. Uh, another thing is a huge question mark. Is Kyrie Irving the least likable superstar in any sport? Oh, in any sport? <laughs> does um, it not seem like it, man? This guy sucks. Oh, he does. Like the things Did, he says and he, like this whole report coming out that Brooklyn's already sketched out about his mood swings and how he said he wanted to be there for the culture, but he also like told some dude who's taking a picture of the team that he can Photoshop his hat out. Like, who is this kid or guy or whatever? He, he probably thinks he's like some celestial being. Well, he, he's he's a self-described genius, and uh, yeah, man, I don't know. He's the dude's like a head case. He's like some meta head case that's I, I can't figure him out. But personally, I hope it it goes up in flames for the Nets. Um, particularly for him just because he's so annoying. And uh, I sound like grumpy get-off-my-lawn guy. But, uh, yeah, Kyrie's just not cool. He's just not cool. He's not, dude. And, like, he had it – like, the way he plays basketball, like, awesome handles, just shakes people out of their shoes. Like, he could have been so cool. And he was so cool at the beginning of his career. And he turned out to be just the biggest douche, like, in the league. For sure. And his shoes made me look – made my big toe look like they – like he got severe grade 10 hypothermia. So, yeah. I mean, his shoes looked cool at one point, but uh, they freaked out my foot. So, yeah. Not and that's not very woke. Bad shoes is not, not a woke. woke thing to do. No, it's not. Doesn't he know that shoes carries from point A to point B? That's something that's right up his alley. Um, <laughs> and his, his uh, words, word, word alphabet soups. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Kyrie, that's, that's a good call. He's uh, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, the disappointment wise, um, obviously Zion getting hurt right off the bat, not, not even playing, um, TNT and nationally the, the league had him, had the Pelicans on a bunch of games, um, nationally and yeah, he's not even playing cause he's got a jacked up ACL or MCL. I can't remember which, but, uh, in the preseason, he looked absolutely unreal. He was like, uh, I don't even know. Like if you put a jetpack on. Um, actually, if you put a, oh, my oh man, I'm gonna have to walk that one back. Are you gonna finish? Um, no, I can't. I can't say what I was gonna say because it. it uh, okay. Yeah. Just, if you, you put a backpack on Master Chief, um, and a jetpack, and he just, you know, he's super strong. He, I mean, he's shooting okay. He's just all over the place. He's just a monster, athletic as can be, super springy. And uh, I'll tell you why I can't say what I was going to say once this pod is done recording, and you'll understand. Yeah. Um. I think it's a meniscus that they had to trim off something on his meniscus is what the injury was, um, okay. which is which is scary though because that's padding and impact. And when you're 300 pounds and you have a 50 inch vertical, like your knee is going to take a beating. So that's what I'm a little bit scared for for Zion. Uh, hope hopefully he can lose some weight and uh, figure things out because that's I'm, the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say I just I just hope he can, but I also don't know if he can. Yeah. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy, but I remember going, uh, when we did our podcast right after the draft and I said that I didn't believe in Zion because I didn't think he was, uh, and it wasn't necessarily a hot take then. 
um, not not in his skills, but just in his frame and his ability to stay healthy. And you can uh, listeners out there can can check can check that. You heard it here but first. You did hear here first. You heard my concerns, and obviously, it's still disappointing to actually see it happen. And hopefully, it's just a one time thing. But uh, it's just interesting that that Griffin, their their GM, came out and said, "Yeah, he's he's in supreme shape and he doesn't need to lose weight." But where if that dude lost twenty pounds of of the spare tire he's got around his stomach, think of how much more explosive he would be. That dude would be jumping through the rafters. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, let's uh, let's let's clean that up a little bit, Zion Pelicans, and uh, we want to see you have a long and healthy career. So get yourself right. Yeah. So hold on, I need to I need to clarify something with you. Did you say that Derek has? a knee issue right now and that's why he has limited minutes yeah so he he actually didn't play last game because he's got a sore right knee in the previous games he's kind of had a he's had a he's been hobbling around and it's just gotten too much to where they had to sit him out of game so um yeah not looking good on the Derek favors front but uh they need him because they need a big and they've they've struggled a little bit when he hasn't been in so i mean brandon ingram can score like a banshee but they need they need somebody to anchor the paint for sure. Okay, because I was I was only look I didn't know about this and I was only looking at box scores and I'd see like twenty two minutes a game and I was thinking to myself, you don't know what you have, New Orleans. You need to respect Big Sexy. You need to respect Daddy, and you need to play Daddy because he he's great. Um, and then another thing that's just awesome. Shout out to uh, Boss Man doing Boss Man things uh, with that game winner the other night. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, for real, he stroked that thing. I think. He hit his first shot in, I think, in the fourth quarter, and then that shot in overtime to win it. That was super dope. So shout out to Boss Man. Um, Mama said shoot. Mama said shoot. Slap biz. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I had for for surprises and disappointments for the most part, keeping it basic. But um, obviously, oh, quick we thing. have seventy eight games left. I have yeah. a quick a quick disappointment. Uh, you know. As always, shout out to the Junkyard Dog, Damari Carroll, but your outfit was not on point the other night. Uh, <laughs> uh, get that a little bit better. I know you're a fashion icon, dude, but come on. Nah, shout out to the Junkyard Dog. That drip was saucy, as you would probably say. <laughs> drip always too nice. sauce. Always sauce. T- drip too hard. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. So, um, But yeah, man, that's, that's where we are. Like I say, the Jazz play the Clippers tomorrow at home. Um, that's obviously Wednesday night. It's a nationally televised game. Hopefully Conley breaks out and hopefully we continue to see great performances from everybody else. So shout out to, to what we have on tap there and, and we'll, uh, we'll check back in of course on a few weeks on what's been going on. So don't we go clips, Kings clips. We have them twice really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Clips, Kings clips. Not ideal. It's not ideal. We've been traveling a bunch too. It's like, we don't have like we, the Clippers are home. We just got back from Phoenix. So we play the Clippers at home in Utah, and then we go to California. It's like we're constantly hopping on planes. So hopefully things settle down a little bit. I haven't looked further into the schedule, but I know we play the Nets at home, and we play the Bucks. I think at home soon. So we've got a tough schedule coming up. So I'm glad we got that win yesterday because honestly, I'd be pretty bummed out. Not that I would be worried, but I'd be bummed out. I hate losing, and heaven knows I have too much of my emotion invested into these games. So thanks for keeping us afloat, Jazz. <laughs> absolutely all right uh what else we got on the docket today okay well uh like i said i was gonna maybe share a little uh, a little dating story but that's it's probably too soon for that so we'll we'll postpone that for a little while but we've got something on the burner there that's pretty entertaining um i was thinking dude it's winter time as we can tell by the snow um as we know snow means december december means as of late star wars movies and so uh, obviously, they they just released the trailer for the Rise of Skywalker, and I know this is something that it's definitely near and dear to my heart, and it's the show that I grew up watching, the movies I grew up watching. But uh, I know this probably holds an even um, even bigger spot in your heart, and so I want to let you wrap on on the new Star Wars a little bit and give me your thoughts. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, this could be a really long conversation, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, you know, I was thinking about this trailer because. You know, why are we excited about Star Wars and and what makes Star Wars so special? The last one was super polarizing. I've heard people go as far to say that Star Wars is completely ruined because of it. I think there were some really high moments and I think there was some really low moments. Uh, This is um, The Last Jedi I'm talking about. But um, it was enough for me to be cautious of where things were going. But, 
here we are. The trailer just came out, and of course, I because I am who I am, I got chills about this about six different times watching the trailer. Uh, you can ask Emily. Shout out Emily having to deal with me. I watched it four times in a row, and then watched it a few more times later that night. Um, so, how does this franchise continuously do this? It, it's it's just when it boils down to it, Berg Star Wars is just a space adventure kids movie, and and you just got to ask yourselves like ourselves why does it mean so much to so many people and in terms of story it isn't anything revolutionary it's the classic like fantasy story of some kid that thinks they're ordinary finds out they're actually extraordinary and he has some mystical old person teach him the ways of something or another and he goes off to save a princess with a ragtag group of heroes yada yada in a nutshell it's pretty much like any other fantasy but what I think makes Star Wars great is how it opened the imagination for like so many people, including myself. Um, and I think I think because the parameters of the story is limitless, meaning uh, a lot of fantasy stories, especially kids' fantasy stories, when you read them, it's it's a pretty linear story, and you're contained to what's going on around your group of heroes. But uh, when we learn about Star Wars and as it unfolds, it it can go anywhere and. And this is kind of a twofold thing. Um, one thing, it's in space, and any kid thinks that's awesome. Um, it's it's in space too, but it's not the classic like every other space movie, like Star Trek, which is terrible. Um, it's nice and clean, and everything's airtight. This is dirty. It's grungy. We have we have like space cowboys, and and we have bounty hunters, and we have cantinas filled with these scummy aliens, and it's about as cool as space can get to a kid, and. The second thing is, and Tolkien does this too when he writes, but the characters reference things that are never shown in the movie. So as a kid, when you hear Han Solo talk about Nar Shaddaa, you think to yourself, whoa, I wonder what that is or where that is. Or you hear about the Clone Wars and you think, I wonder what that was like. Or, or you hear about the Falcon doing the Kessel Run and you think, whoa, I don't know what that is, but it sounds fast. And you're subconsciously doing this throughout the entire movies. I mean, the first thing we see in any Star Wars movie, Berg, is this black screen and these blue words come up across that says, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And immediately you're thinking all these amazing things that could have happened out there. And then, boom! Opening crawl hits you in and the Star Wars logo is pushing back and the score is amazing. Uh, It's blasting through the movie theater and you're reading about this intergalactic civil war and this rebellion and a princess and stormtroopers show up with blasters and your mind as a kid is just all over the place and you're thinking about well if this is going on here what else is going on in this this galaxy and and it's just it's just amazing and there's so many moments throughout this franchise you look back with this happiness and nostalgia i bird do you even remember the first time you saw star wars <sighs> i remember I remember living in Arizona, um, so this was probably in like 95 or 96. Um, I remember it was, I saw The Empire Strikes Back first, and uh, it was the opening, obviously it was the opening, uh, the opening scene where um, Luke is cruising around on the Tauntaun, on Hoth, the, the frozen planet, and I just remember when, uh, and I, when, when Luke cuts the frickin' Tauntaun open, Yeah. and uh and then you know that that whole thing and the snow monster and everything that comes along with it like i was just i was in capture i was fascinated and like grossed out and i thought the lightsaber was the coolest thing ever and then the snow speeders cruising around and there was just like there was so much action and and, and cool stuff going on and um so yeah that's i i just remember watching the empire strikes back and like i think it was like 95 96 yeah see and that's the thing about it is like you don't even remember i don't remember the first time i saw it but I remember moments as a kid watching these like you and, and like one thing that always sticks out to me and I think it encapsulates Star Wars like into one scene and it's that scene in Empire Strikes Back where Luke lifts Yoda's X-Wing out of the swamp in Dagobah. Yep. And I don't know why but it's just this scene where like this the music with these soft strings starts playing. We're on some alien planet and this tiny little green man closes his eyes he lifts his hand and Luke's X-Wing magically starts levitating out of the swamp. And as a kid, you've never seen anything like it because it just 
blows you away and it boils down to how awesome movies are and this is back before cgi or computers were enhancing uh special effects it was just it was practical effects and it felt so real and your eyes got wide with luke as yoda just does this miraculous thing and you're just like whoa i wonder how this little guy was before all this and what was the universe like when he was young and what adventures did he go on and what did he see and you're also thinking like this movie is amazing like how did they make this giant spaceship float and how did they do that like movies are so awesome and and i know i'm going on a tangent here but i think the imagination and creativity um in children it's such an amazing and powerful thing and and it sticks with you forever and you'll always remember kind of what showed you the ways and for just three generations now for a lot of people that key to the door was star wars and no matter what this fan base we're going to get stoked on a new movie and no matter what uh it's going to unlock something in someone and they're going to grow up to do creative things and it's an amazing beautiful cycle and i'm so excited for this movie i'm so excited for the new series the mandalorian coming out on disney plus and i just love this stuff man it's it's a beautiful thing and uh I hope it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. It's at least going to have moments. And shout out to George Lucas and the original cast. And a huge shout out to John Williams uh, with the the score because Star Wars would not be the same without the music. And um, yeah, I can't wait. I couldn't put it better myself, honestly. I, I'm super stoked. I I you can count me among like I enjoyed the last one that came out last year, and like I thought it was good. I thought it was overshadowed by. A couple just kind of weird and not not quite so cool things, but I, I think looking back on it, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than than I did. Well, obviously they they're all going to stand the test of time. And the the Force Awakens was what well, is Force Awakens, right? Yeah, the very yeah. first the first mm-hmm. one was awesome. And so I think uh, I, I I'm pretty darn excited for this one too. So as always, we always uh, we seems like we've been fortunate enough to go to see that show with a group of friends and your family and, and people. So hopefully. <laughs> Same thing happens this year. Get some treats. It'll be great. Oh, let's get some good treats. Get a bang in you maybe if we go late. Might have to. I'll probably be stoked enough without it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, I'm less inclined to turn down a, a little bang than I used to be. And, uh, well, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That was, uh, um, that was a weak moment. But, yeah, dude, that's uh, – I think that's everything. That's uh, that's what I had to uh, to go over today. We've We've taken a lot of your time. Everybody – Thanks so much for having listened and waited for a new episode. We know it's been a long time. We appreciate the the reviews and the feedback as always. It's super dope when you guys text us after and it comes out, uh, guys and girls, I should say. Um, we uh, we really appreciate the, the listenership. And if you have anything to share, let us know. But uh, Kurt, anything else before we sign off and let these people uh, enjoy the rest of their day? All I ask everyone is please be patient with Mike Conley and some of the other things that need to be tightened up. Quinn will figure it out. Mike will figure it out. Uh, we're going to have a good season this year. Come December, everyone that's saying that uh, that Ricky's better than Mike and we've downgraded, you're going to be eating crow, I promise you. Amen. And I know you're going to edit this part out, Kurt, but uh, I feel like it's a public service announcement. Everybody go on to Instagram. Um, go to Justin Bieber's Instagram page and like his most recent picture. We need 20 million views to get the latest uh, Justin Bieber Christmas album. The last one was absolute fire. I don't care who you are. Um, it's, it's a great album. And we can, everybody needs a little more Justin Bieber Christmas in their life. So go ahead and double tap that uh, like on, on this last post. And that's everything I have to share. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah.